Today's reading comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a little while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Tracy, for offering our scripture today. Um, if you in our watching and listening audience have ever felt the call to make a video of yourself reading a scripture, please email me and let me know. We've been doing this for months and months, and um, sometimes I feel like I want to make sure that I ask the people who really want to read scriptures. So if that's you, let me know. But thank you, Tracy, for reading our scripture today. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. I will preface this whole sermon today with something you probably already know, at least those of you who have known me for a while. I am no gardener. I'm not good at it. I do it, but I'm not super good at it. Many of you know that my mother-in-law, Jimbo's mom, Janet, um, moved in with us in March. Um, she has dementia. She can no longer be on her own. And because of her stroke-related dementia, many of our days are adventurous. We sometimes have a hard time finding things for Janet to do. She wants to do more than just sit around and watch TV, so we're always looking for things that she can do. And remembering that in her life, all through her life, she was a very prolific gardener. At the beginning of the summer, Jimbo made these little planter boxes that are about yay high, just two of them, right off of our, our back porch. Um, and we planted a few little things in there so that she could take care of those through the summer. Um, we do have another garden. We have some planter boxes, but they're kind of in the back of the yard. You have to go over some stones, and you have to go through a kind of a tricky gate. So that wasn't appropriate. So these little planter boxes that are about this tall are perfect for her. So we had a tomato plant and pepper plant in one, and then a few herbs in the other. And every day of the summer, or every other day, or several times a day, such as dementia, Janet would go and water the plants. 
Eventually, as I would walk through the yard to go to the other part of the garden, I started noticing these holes in the soil of the planter boxes. I wondered what was getting in there until I saw Janet one day going into the boxes and taking her fingers and just like digging in all the dirt around the plants. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm not a gardener. So maybe this is legitimate. But our vegetables in the back grow just fine, and I don't usually um, dig around the plants. I've just never seen anything like this before. But I did know she used to be a great gardener, so I didn't want to argue with her about doing this technique with the plants. But I finally said, Janet, what are you doing? And she said, It looks like the plants are choking. I'm trying to get them some air. Okay, but maybe you have gotten them enough air. I'm I'm a little worried you're going to dig up all the roots and stuff if you keep doing that. Nope, she said. I grew up on a farm, and this is how farmers do it. Okay. Of course, I know that you must till the soil before planting. It's why I climb up into our big planter boxes every year with one of those hand tillers and just like turn the soil, break it up, get it ready for the seeds. But to be honest, I was a little skeptical of Janet's technique. If we were in live audience right now, this would be the time I would be asking people, is this a technique that you know of? Or I would be looking for, yeah, that's, or no. To be fair, I did look it up online, and there are some controversial opinions that this is a technique to use with established plants. So it's legitimate, so I didn't argue with her. I just kind of let her do her thing throughout the summer without much interference. And in the end, her plants didn't do very well, but neither did my plants. It was just one of those years. We just didn't get much yield from our plants or from our garden. But I'm ready to try again next year. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm hoping for for better fruits of our labors. We are at the end of a stewardship series called Transform. See here on the, on the altar, Transform. We've looked at several different stewardship scriptures and endeavored to find something new in them that might help us be transformed or changed, even if just a little bit more into the people that God would have us to be. Last week, we talked pretty specifically about the giving of money or financial gifts, and it's always tricky to talk about money. But the Bible is pretty clear. From God talking about the giving of first fruits in the Old Testament to Jesus preaching directly about the offering of our gifts back to God in the New Testament, that giving of our material wealth is an important hallmark of a faithful life. I hope that you've been considering what you might give this next year um, to the ministries of the church. 
I know Jimbo and I have considered our finances this year, and we've decided to increase our giving in 2021 50 more dollars a month um, on top of what we've given um, this year. So I hope that you will do the same, that you will consider faithfully what you can give. And if you have not submitted a pledge card, I invite you to do that today. But we also know theologically that the idea of stewardship is not synonymous with money. Stewardship is the giving of all the areas of your life generously for God's purposes. Our scripture today is one of my favorites. We only hear the explanation part um, today in the, the scripture that Tracy read, but let's back up just a little bit and remember that Jesus had gone to the side of the sea, had gone to the seashore, and a whole crowd gathered around him, so much so that he jumped in a boat so he could get out a little bit and then turn around and preach to this crowd. He tells the story or the parable of the sower, about the seeds that fall on different kinds of ground or soil and the fate of each seed. And I always love imagining the disciples. As they're sitting, maybe they're on the shore, maybe they're in the boat, I'm not quite sure. But I can always imagine them sitting and listening to this parable. And of course, they are nodding sagely, like they understand this story that Jesus is telling. And then immediately, the next time they're alone with Jesus, they ask, So hey, what did that story actually mean? At this point in the scripture, Jesus does the equivalent of a divine eye roll and dresses them down for their lack of faith and understanding. And then he explains the parable, and that's the part of the scripture that we heard Tracy read today. That seeds on the path are in danger of being plucked away. That seed on rocky ground springs forth but does not endure. That seeds among the thorns get choked by, quote, the cares of the world and the lure of wealth, end quote. But the seeds that fall on good soil bear fruit. Over the years, I've heard and preached sermons on how we are the soil and we need to consider how we cultivate the seeds of God's word. Or sometimes I've heard it considered that the seeds are us or the people who need to be nurtured in the richest environments of love and grace. But I was, I was reading our scripture this week. I was struck by the title. Right in verse 18, as Jesus starts to explain, he says, let me explain the parable of the sower. It's not the parable of the seeds. It's not the parable of the soil. It's the parable of the sower. And when we look at the sower as the primary character in this parable, 
It's a little striking how, I don't know, careless he is, throwing seeds around willy-nilly on any sort of ground, not stopping to prep the soil or till the dirt or get anything ready, just throwing it all out there with reckless abandon. Reverend Keith Anderson writes, But what if we think of the sower as generous and hopeful, perhaps even a relentless optimist for believing that life can take root even in unlikely places, even rocky or thorny soil? Maybe the sower wasn't being wasteful or careless at all. Maybe the sower knew exactly what he was doing. The truth is, sometimes all it takes is a little crack in the dirt for something to grow. Example one, have you ever been on I-80 in Wyoming going from Cheyenne to Laramie? That's a drive we did sometimes when we lived in Wyoming. If you stop in Buford, Wyoming, you will find there a pine tree that grows out of a solid piece of rock. Sometimes all it takes is a little crack. And maybe that's what Jesus is trying to get across in this parable. That God's love is more powerful and potent than we could ever imagine. God brings life in the midst of brokenness. God brings life out of death. Resurrection in the most unlikely of places. And what if in the parable, it isn't God that's the sower, but we are. Brimming with sacks full of God's blessing, generously throwing them with wild abandon. Because all places, even the driest and the most exposed, even the darkest places, even the most broken Places are possibilities for new life. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.